Live from the Jacob Media Studios, it's Serving Our Nation with Dr. Paul McCullough on News Talk 1400 WOND. Be inspired, learn and understand the power of becoming a servant leader and transform your life while serving our nation. Meet those who have served our country. Learn about prosperity and overcome sickness, poverty, and despair. Serving Our Nation begins right now. Good afternoon and welcome to episode 38 of Serving Our Nation on News Talk 1492.3 WOND. I'm your host, Reverend Dr. Paul McCullough, and if today is your first time tuning into the program, I just want to briefly share with you the heart behind Serving Our Nation. This is a program that is focused on encouraging people to become servant leaders, and my goal is to offer you hope and encouragement through stories of people each week that have dedicated their lives to living out a life of servant leadership, honoring God. Because when you do that, blessings just follow as a natural byproduct of that kind of life. Because at the end of the day, all of us are given special gifts by God. And that makes us ministers so that when we see a need out in the world, we're responsible, we're obligated to use those gifts in a way to fill that need, to bless other people. And that is regardless of what walk of life you're in. Maybe in the military or in business, maybe you're a faith leader, a community leader, or even something as simple as serving in your family. And last week, I had on two of my very special friends, Mr. Joe Griffies, who helped me get on to this program through first being introduced to his show, and WOND's own Mr. James Rabick. And in the conversation with these two gentlemen last week, not only did we talk about the importance of radio, but we really discussed the importance of using your gifts, of using your talents. And maybe sometimes you're the person behind the scenes like James, but James is still serving other people. He talked about how life-giving it is for him to be the producer behind the scenes and making the magic happen for shows like this one for many other hosts as well. So listen, I would just encourage you to get out, use your gifts, find a way to use those gifts to serve other people, regardless if you're in the limelight as a radio show host or some other business or community leader, or maybe you're the person behind the scenes, but either way, use your gifts to serve other people. And if you didn't hear last week's episode, I'd encourage you to go back and listen to the podcast of it. But for this week, so excited about the guests coming on today. As I mentioned to you a few times in the past, I currently am serving as the president of the Philadelphia chapter of AUSA, the Association of the United States Army. And within that realm, I have the opportunity today to have on two people from our chapter, Mr. Eric Stetson and Mr. David Gillespie. Both these gentlemen are board members in the AUSA chapter. They're both Army veterans, and they're both very involved in their local community. So when we come back from the break, I'll be joined by Ms. Eric Stetson and Mr. Dave Gillespie. So stay with us. We'll be right back. W223CO Atlantic City. You're listening to Serving Our Nation with Dr. Paul McCullough, a Jacob Media Production. 
and welcome back to Serving Our Nation on News Talk 1400 and 92.3 WOND. I'm your host, Reverend Dr. Paul McCullough, and I'm joined here today by Mr. Eric Stetson and Mr. Dave Gillespie. Gentlemen, are you on the line here today? Right here, Paul. Yeah. Well, first of all, guys, I want to thank you so very much for taking the time on a Sunday afternoon to be on the program here today. It's, Paul, it's an honor to, to join you. It's a, it's a great program. Thank you. Thanks for having us, Paul. Yeah, thank you, guys. Uh, listen, you guys have a very impressive background, and I know we've spent a lot of time together over the last year and change, uh, but I think maybe one of the best places to start is your military service and our work together in AUSA. So if you wouldn't mind, would you share with the audience like how and when and why you decided to join the military, especially our beloved Army, over any other service? So, Eric, we'll start with you first and then pass to Dave. Okay, all right. Thanks, Paul. Um, Well, I grew up in a military family. Um, My dad was a Naval Reserve officer, and I got used to seeing him come home um, on on weekends in his dress whites, um, you know, serving in the Navy on reserve duty. And um, so I think, you know, that kind of instilled in me, um, you know, desire as a young boy, young man, I think, to to get involved and serve. And that just kind of grew over time. Uh, my older brother, you know, my grandfather had been in the army. My dad was in the Navy, had an uncle, great uncle in the, in the World War II. Um, my older brother went into the Air Force and he was about four years ahead of me. So, you know, he, he continued service and it just seemed like the thing to do. Uh, and I, I didn't have any interest in, um, being out on a ship for long periods of time. That didn't sound like fun. And I didn't, think I, you know, could fly an aircraft probably. So I thought, you know, I want to be in the Army. Um, I'm a ground kind of person. I love being on sports teams, playing outside, you know, all the yeah. woods and all that. And so I, I, I decided to pursue ROTC, Army ROTC, in, in a college environment. I knew I wanted to go to college, so that's how I chose a college I'd go to, was, you know, an Army ROTC program. Um, and I knew I wanted to be on active duty and jump out of airplanes and that kind of stuff, and so that's how I got started, and, and ended up uh, end up serving for uh, a whole career. So, is that a full twenty years that you did, Eric? I stayed in uh, twenty four years, three months, and a couple of days. Wow! But who's young? <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, and, and and Paul. Part of the reason was I didn't know what I would do on the outside. I was, I would enjoy as much. And I hadn't, um, I wasn't ready to get out. I loved doing what I was doing, and I had an opportunity to, to serve um, in an ROTC capacity. Um, so, and then I should add my little brother, you know, four years behind me, he joined the Navy as well, and he was a surface warfare officer. So, um, yeah, so it was, a, it was a good long career. So you've got a real military family with a lot of lineage, Eric. That's really impressive. It's, so, it's kind of neat. <laughs> Dave, over to you. Well, Hal Wen. Uh, so I grew up in a military family. My dad was in the 1st Infantry Division during World War II. Uh, he participated in the Battle of Bulge. I uh, had several uncles that served. One uncle, I have a picture upstairs. He's with Clark Gable. He was in the Army Air Corps. Uh, so Clark Gable went around and took pictures, so we have that picture proudly displayed. I knew I wanted to be a paratrooper. Uh, so in 1976, I enlisted and went directly to Fort Bragg. In 1976, you said? That is correct. Wow. 
You, you know, I wasn't even born until 77, Dave, so that's saying something. That's a long history of service. That's Yeah, Paul, I was going to say, in, in 1977, I was an 8-year-old visiting <laughs> Africa, you know, so thanks, guys. You guys have a very impressive history of military service within your family. And, you know, I'm just proud to know you guys and call you my friend. But I, I'm curious, you know, in all the time that you served in our beloved Army, is there anything that you learned about servant leadership, this idea of serving other people, putting other people ahead of yourself, that you took away from your time in our beloved Army? So, Dave, we'll start with you this time. So uh, you asked Carl how long he served. I, I did a couple more years. I did 27 altogether. 27. Uh, what I yeah, what I learned about servant leadership uh, early on was lead by example and never to ask someone to do what I would not do. Yes. Uh, throughout my career, I had several excellent leaders and mentors that allowed me to, to grow and uh, propelled me to higher positions, mostly in industry. I've, uh, I've always used the model uh it's a type of model for folks that I've had the honor of leading in and out of uniform. In the private sector, I led and mentored folks in uh, higher than their current positions. Uh, I counseled a number of folks on their career paths and academics that they needed to accomplish to realize their ambitions. And whether to stay in the same field or expand to other fields, I counseled many, many soldiers that had 10, 12, 15, 17 years in who were thinking about getting out and and uh, had them make a tough decision to stay for at least 20 and then start their next career path. So I, I'm hearing a lot of guidance and wisdom that's coming from you, Dave, because of the long career and the examples that you've had of people pouring into you. Is that a fair statement? Uh, I believe so, yes. I had a lot of great leaders, a lot of good managers. Uh, some folks I had in industry that I worked for that I considered my greatest uh Managers and bosses came to work for me uh, after a time. So, uh, uh, you know, they, they propelled me into that, that role. I love it. Eric, how about you? What did our beloved Army teach you? Well, I, you know, I would agree with David. It was first, you know, you have to lead by example, and you have to be willing to, to show the people you're leading that you'll do what you're asking them to do. Um, and the other big thing that I learned is that, you know, people are not coming to the table and to the, to the job, all with the same motivations and, and perspectives. And so you really have to learn to pay attention to people and understand what makes them tick, um, you know, to be a good leader for those people. You can't, you can't treat all people the same way. Um, and you know, there's another senior leader that I know that I think, you know, as well, um, general John uh, Gronsky says, you know, don't treat people equally. Because if you're if you're treating people equally, you're not taking into account what they need as as an individual person. Yeah. Um, and so I really I didn't realize that early in my career as a young lieutenant, and I only kind of figured that out, you know, about six to eight years in. And and um, once I kind of figured that out, I started operating differently as a leader, and and had better results. And I would say that, you know, I had some great NCOs teaching us, uh, you know, the ropes in ROTC, a couple of really good officers. And um, like David said, you know, they're, they're folks that worked for me that I would work for in a heartbeat. Um, they were just that good and, and, you know, were great leaders and mentored me along the way. So a lot of, a lot of people looking out from, you know, my development as a leader over time. Um, and the more responsibility you have, the more you have to put yourself in check. Um, yes. and, and remember, you know, it's, it's really about serving the people. You know, you say mission first, people always. Um, in the military, and 
you just always have to keep track of how your people are doing and listen, and listen to them. Be a good listener. Amen. Well, I got to tell you, and Eric, you might be a little bit smarter than me because I didn't learn some of those lessons until a little bit later in my career. This idea of leading by example and uh, making sure that you are willing to do what you're asking other people to do. I didn't quite catch on to that until I was a young company commander and I had a sit down with my first sergeant. He kind of explained how the world works to me. And the idea of not treating everybody the same, I was almost a lieutenant colonel by the time I figured that one out. And I got sent to a class on different personality assessments and how everybody is wired differently. And so I finally figured it out when I retired, but it took me quite a minute to wrap my arms around everything that you two guys are saying. Well, it's, it's um, I mean, I think through certain situations and events, I, I learned that the hard way. Yeah. Um, but... You know, and I wasn't always successful at applying that learned knowledge afterwards. You know, you, you can still be a knucklehead with knowledge, right? So <laughs> sometimes it takes a little while to put it into good play. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. Well, so now both of you guys are retired, and both of you have decided to take another step in support of our Army and be a part of AUSA, the Association of the United States Army. And so I'm curious... What made you want to do that? Why continue the legacy of service in AUSA when you could have just been done and said, well, I did my Army time and I did my bit for King and Country. I'm done. That's behind me. But you're still serving the Army. So, Eric, let's start with you. Well, you know, when you're in the service of, in, in, a, in a particular branch, you know, in this case the Army for David and myself and you, as long as we are, you're, you're a soldier for life. You know, you're never going to take that out of the person. And yep. so, um, you know, it's hard to say no to folks in the local area that are like, hey, can you help us with this event? And you help out, you, you volunteer, and you realize, wow, that was a lot of fun. And I'm helping to, you know, uh, bridge that gap between the civilian world and the military to educate and teach and, and, and talk to people about opportunity that becomes really satisfying. And so it can, it can get addictive. Yes. Um, so it was hard not, you know, hard, how am I going to say no to being, you know, helping out in AUSA? Um, because it is important. We bridge the gap between civilians and, and the military. And it's important that we um, continue to foster the health of military families after they've served veterans and their spouses and their kids. I think that directly contributes to the strength of our nation. And so it's, it's easy for me to say, yep, I'm going to, I'm going to volunteer some time there. Amen. I love it. Dave, how about you? What's your motivation for AUSA? I joined the AUSA more than 25 years ago. Uh, the reason I joined was to stay abreast of Army operations, better understand when the Army's going with technology advancements. I, I did that for both personal and professional to, to gain acumen with what I do uh, in industry as well as what I do with other uh, organizations and volunteer opportunities I have. Uh, and as Eric said, bridge the gap between the civilian and military, take care of vets, active duty families, uh, army, uh, army civilian families. Uh, it's kind of a passion I have. Wow. You guys have a real servant's heart. And I, I wonder, with that kind of passion and desire to serve and just still stay involved that you guys are talking about, is there something that we've done as a chapter, that you look back and say, man, I, I am really proud of this. Like, we really made a difference 
in the life of a veteran or a service member or maybe one of their families? Is there something that, you know, you can just look back and it's a proud moment for you as an accomplishment that we've done as a chapter and maybe just from your role, in, you know, in our team? So, uh, Dave, we'll start with you this time. All right. So, uh, most recently, we were able to partner with the Philadelphia Union uh, soccer team, uh, Subaru Park, for the 10th Annual Army-Navy Soccer Cup. I've been doing that for a few years with some other organizations, but it was the first time I was able to do it with the, uh, the AUSA uh, Penn and Franklin chapter. Uh, it was an awesome time. We were able to bring Steve Misk in from San Clemente for a book signing uh, for his book, Baghdad Underground Railroad. Uh, we had Patrick Murphy swearing in new soldiers on the, on the pitch at halftime. And we were really able to come together and enlighten folks on the missions of AUSA and, and our Penn and Franklin chapter. Uh, additionally, we had a successful launch of our annual golf outing in September, and super. I am super proud to have been part of Eric's event, uh, the Stars and Stripes event, uh, for the 246th birthday of the uh, U.S. Army and Flag Day. So uh, for that, I'm thankful, Eric. That was a lot of fun. Did he steal your thunder, <laughs> Eric? Was it? You're gonna say? Well, uh, there's two, there's two things really popped to mind, Paul. You know, we pulled together um, as a team last year, and we, and we raised funds um, at, at the holiday season, the Christmas time, to provide for a family that was, in a, you know, a military family that was in a lot of distress. And we were able to really brighten that family's, um, you know, holiday experience with gifts and presents and some resources. And so I was really proud of our team for doing that. We're going to do that, you know, again this year, obviously, with uh, Operation Holiday Cheer, and, you know, raising funds so that we can support organizations that are supporting military families in distress. And uh, so I'm proud of, you know, proud of us for doing that. And and then, you know, David mentioned the Stars and Stripes Festival to be able to partner with other organizations downtown to highlight history and the significance of Philadelphia and, as the birthplace of our Army uh, and the birthplace of our flag um, and celebrate that at the Stars and Stripes Festival in June and honor some World War II veterans who were present that day. That was a really, really neat event that, again, helps to bridge the gap in, between the civilian and the military um, side and, and educate and inspire, um, especially younger people. So look, looking forward to both of those operations again this coming year. Well, I could not agree with you guys more. Those were some of the greatest events that we did and. You know, as the chapter president, it has been a true honor for me to come alongside and serve with you guys and to help make those events happen. And Eric, you've been a real helper and a partner as the vice president of the chapter, keeping me in line and nudging me when I need a nudge. And Dave, you know, you're not in the vice president role, you're a board member, but you have been a tremendous ally, always being there, always volunteering, taking the lead on events, driving fundraising. Yep. Driving, getting us with our foot in the door in a lot of events. So I'm really thankful for the leadership and the servant attitude of the two of you. So when we come back from the break, we're going to continue this conversation with Dave Gillespie and Eric Stetson. So stay with us. We'll be right back. W-O-N-D Pleasantville. From the Jacob Media Studios, you're listening to Serving Our Nation with Dr. Paul McCullough. We pause now and remember all of those lost in battle who paid the ultimate price for our freedom. 
and welcome back to Serving Our Nation on News Talk 1400 and 92.3 WOND. I'm your host, Reverend Dr. Paul McCullough, and I'm joined here today by Mr. Dave Gillespie and Eric Stetson, and we're continuing the conversation on servant leadership. Now, gentlemen, we just got done talking about our work together in AUSA, but what you two do is beyond your service in the military and beyond AUSA. Both of you are servant leaders in the community and your business and your family as well. So I want to talk about that a little bit. So I'm curious if you would start for us, Eric. I know you're involved in a lot of other community organizations. So how do you serve others in a role outside of what you do with AUSA and what you had done in the Army? I know you do other things. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Sure. Um, and um, So I, I'm a volunteer also with the Delaware Valley Veterans Consortium. I periodically volunteer to help them with events and, and promotion of educational events. Um, and then I also periodically help in specific projects uh, through my church and for my wife. And that's a lot of fun when we volunteer together. Um, it's something that we enjoy you know, doing together and that's some, that's some quality time. Um, so I try and measure time, balance time between these actions um, and work. And my work happens to be in the veteran space. So I'm, you know, I'm very fortunate that I, you know, I make money doing something that I love doing anyhow. Just like many days in the military, I, you know, I, I thought, wow, I get paid to do this. It's the same for work. Um, I work in, in veteran career development in an organization called Four Block. So um, I'm in an interesting space where, you know, I volunteer in the veteran space, I work in the veteran space, and, and volunteer, you know, a little bit through my church, and then um, try and balance it. And um, you know, keep things in, in perspective. That's a whole lot, Eric. That's a pretty full plate you got there. Well, it's not. I don't think it's full as your plate, Paul. <laughs> um, but you know, it's. I. I just think you know, I'm happier when I'm volunteering, and I meet all kinds of interesting people doing that. You learn all kinds of things, and um, you know, I just. It's just part of. Um, I think it's part of the service ethic that most of us who have you know, served in, in one of the military services, we have that in our DNA. Yes. And if we, don't, if we don't scratch that itch, we're not truly happy. So we've, we've got to be serving, leading, volunteering in, in, in some capacity. Amen. Dave, how about you? Well, I've been involved in a, in a number of roles uh, and had a number of opportunities to serve less fortunate individuals and families, not just military. Uh, as a coordinator for Connect by Night, uh, which is a group of 12 churches in the Delaware County area that adopt 50 homeless clients from the Delaware County area. Uh, we provide them a warm meal, place to sleep, fellowship, uh, and prayer, a light breakfast, a bag lunch, clean up, and get ready to do it again the next night. And we do that for about uh, the month of November. Uh, there have been some years when, when one of the other churches weren't able to do December. We've, we've done both November and December. Uh, so for 60 days, we do that, that service. And as you can imagine, uh, during Thanksgiving and, and Christmas, it's a, uh, a higher physical and spiritual demand is, is put on, uh, our clients, especially, uh, my family and I have adopted families for Christmas since my son was a young boy. Uh, the church we went to, every pew in the church would be labeled with one or two family names. And shortly before Christmas, every pew was filled with presents. My son and I would put on our Santa hats and go deliver Christmas gifts to family in need. 
uh, I taught my son at a very long, young age uh, the valuable lessons of humility and charity, uh, and I'm proud that as an adult he needs these lessons uh, in his daily life. Uh, another one of my passions is Operation First Response. It's military-centric, not just Army. Operation First Response uh, seeks to help local families, veterans and families, and veterans' families throughout the year. Uh, during Christmas season, Operation First Response sends out a list of families, uh, and adopting a family for Christmas has always been our family's passion. So uh, that's just a, a, a brief uh, overview of some of the community organizations I'm involved in. But uh, as Eric said, uh, serving and volunteering, that's, that's a sweet spot for me as well. So just a few things that you guys are involved with, right? Not, not much at all. So I'm curious, with all these things that you guys have going on, how are you able to balance the demands of your family and your community service and your work? How do you keep everything afloat and still manage to be that father and that husband that your family needs you to be, that we're called to be as men by the Bible? Uh, I'll take that one first. <laughs> so I, I like to use the analogy of juggling and keeping balls up in the air. Yes. And uh, you have to know which of those balls are glass or fragile. Yes. And devote the time needed to take care of the, the glass balls, or the really fragile ones, like family, uh, and apply the right amount of attention to those that need a lower level of uh, concern, I'll say. So in some cases, I need to calibrate myself, know when to ask for help, when to offer help. And when I need to burn the midnight oil, we get the test uh, completed. Uh, always live by a principle, promises made, promises kept. Yes. And if I find that there's a higher demand for one area of my life, I let the family know that I'm headed down on a project. And uh, if I find I can't, I can't keep up with the demands of the community service, I look for help. Uh, and I, I, I continually, I like to mitigate risk by planning and preparing for opportunities and, and tasks I take on. And if I find that if I if I find out that uh, you know I imagine what success looks like in any aspect of life, and and try to mitigate any anything that'll get in the way of it, and it makes the road getting to the the the, the end uh, less bumpy and more fulfilling for me. Uh, Eric's pretty busy. You're pretty busy. I'm on a gap year for my professional pursuits, uh, so I don't have the same exact demands as you folks have at this time. And this time's allowed me to expand on the, and the, some other areas of my life and goals that I have for uh, spiritual goals and, and whatnot. Dave, I love what you said. Promises made equals promises kept. And i got to tell you, in the time that you and I have worked together in AUSA, you have 100% lived up to that. You know, nearly a year ago, you came to our team with the idea of doing the golf event, and there was a whole lot of people that said that they wanted to do it, and when it came time to actually do it, the people that said that they wanted to help, not all of them showed up and put some skin in the game. But you were still there, and you made it happen, and you did what needed to be done. You burned that midnight oil to pull that thing off, and we had a lot of people show up, and it was a tremendous event for our first showing, and we made, I think, close to over $4,000, if I remember right. Yeah, thanks, Paul. And the number was at about 5000 for the first event, and uh, we look forward to our second annual. Amen. 
All right, Eric, your turn. How, how are you balancing your life? How are you keeping the priorities in line? Well, it's taken me a, um, a while. It's probably too long to learn how to do that, to be quite honest, Paul. Um, and I, you know, I really was picking up some great nuggets of wisdom there from David. And one of the other things that I realized is, you know, there are seasons. And, um, you know, you don't have to be on it 24-7, 365 days a year. Um, you can, you know, you can choose which seasons you're going to volunteer more and which less, um, and, you know, to have balance in life. And, um, one of the thing that, one of the things that makes it easier for me is that my, you know, my wife and I are very similar in the fact that we like to serve and, and help other people. And so we're always forgiving to the other if that takes priority. Um, and you know, we let, we let the other just run with it and do it. And then sometimes we get to do it together and that, and that makes it special. Um, so, you know, I think that, but, but your question is a great question because, um, people do have to, you know, monitor themselves and understand when they're overextending themselves because when you do that, and I've done that in the past, um, you, you become less effective at the things you're doing and you could actually even hurt efforts. So I think, you know, picking and choosing, um, knowing what season you're in, and then monitoring yourself and your family to make sure you're not, you're not overextending is, is very important. But like, like David's done with his son, you know, and like what I do with my wife and, and sometimes with my daughter is, you know, if the family's doing it together, uh, you know, it's, it's good time. It's quality time all the way around. I, I love how both Amen. of you talk about your, your modeling servant leadership for your kids. Like they're getting out there with you and they're, putting skin in the game with you so that when they grow up and they have their own families, they know what right looks like because dad showed them and dad did it with them. I love how you're doing that. And matter of fact, um, I just came back from doing a serve project uh, with my own family. We're going out and we served the homeless yesterday out in Philadelphia. So the tremendous project to be able to do that with my family really means something special to me. Uh, that's, that's that's very cool. I, and, great. and you know, I, I actually would like to to uh, I'd like to actually get better at doing that. You know, individual projects with the whole family. It's um, you know, it's and you know, my daughter is off and running on her own now. Eighteen year old working hard, and um, but she still gives back. And that's I'm really proud of her when I see her extending herself to other people. And she's um, I love it. So, so. Uh, something else I really wanted to ask you guys. So of all the things that you gentlemen have done with AUSA and your family and community and the businesses where that you've worked, is there any time that really stands out when God showed up that you just got this tremendous blessing and it made it just a really memorable moment that has stuck in your heart for years of, man, I can't believe that this happened and I got to do this. What a tremendous experience. Is there anything like that for you? So, Eric, we'll start with you because they went first last time. Mm-hmm. Um, any any one really memorable experience like that? Um, you know, I, there's no one that really jumps out. You know, strong that you know that much stronger than the others. You know, there have been some moments in the church volunteering and helping families where we saw right away, you know, the amount of difference that we made for people. Um, and, you know, those are just, those, those experiences are invaluable and, you know, we're all going to need some help sometime. So it, it's great to serve others. Um, but I think the, you know, 
the highlights, you know, the, the events where we can pull multiple people together and organizations together and do something great for the community are always rewarding. And you see the you see the positive energy and the smiles in everybody's face, young to old alike, bringing people together, especially in our with our military community family. You know, multiple branches of service, old and young, veterans, current serving, cadets, youngsters, um, and 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 you know everybody in between. It's that's very satisfying to do that. Um, Amen. So, Amen. Yeah. Dave, how about you? So I'll, I'll look at it from three perspectives. Uh, so for business, I was a program manager at Boeing for a long time and business development professional for them and a, a, another couple companies as well. I traveled extensively internationally. Uh, I just really enjoyed traveling to other countries, learning the cultures, meeting new people, uh, sharing prayer cards in Egypt uh, is a really memorable thing for me. Uh, mm. Guy had a Bible, you know, I was in Cairo, guy had a Bible on his on his. Uh, on his table, and I, I ran out to the car and grabbed my little New Testament and pulled out a couple prayer cards to share with him, and I just, that'll stick with me forever. Wow. Uh, in the community, uh, just the smiles, the fellowship, the gratitude uh, of getting to know folks in our Connect by Night uh, with church. Uh, uh, the clients that I've served, it, it taught me so much about humility, sincerity, and love, and, and how to listen to other people and really try to help them out and mentor them and, and try to get them on a path that so many people have been affected by so many different things that I, I just feel like I'm, I'm really blessed to have come across them and, and blessed for the life we have. Uh, for the family, uh, we host most of the large holiday gatherings here. Uh, we bring friends and relatives together and, uh, you know, helping family members in time of need, consoling them in times of sorrow and, and just celebrating in times of joy. Uh, you know, there's been so much as, as, you know, as time marches on, we lose folks, uh, we lose family members, but we still come together every year a couple times to, to remember all that. And I, I know God's working within everybody to do that. So, memorable uh, mm-hmm. uh, moments. Hey, man, you guys are impressive, man. I'll tell you what, I'm just trying to keep up with you guys. So, listen, let, we got about a minute left, and in 30 seconds or less, would you guys just share with the listening audience what advice would you give to a veteran that is maybe recently separated or recently retired and they're trying to find their way and figure out what they want to do when they grow up, so to speak? What advice would you give them based on all the things that you've done and your experiences? Dave, we'll start with you. 30 seconds. Uh, I'd say find a tribe, tribe of similar-minded folks to help you on your path, to hold you accountable, and folks who you get help keep on their path helps you in the long run. Escape the persona of a soldier. Take on the mantle of service. Take what you learned in the military about leadership, management, all the soft skills, communications, and devotion, and apply it to the next chapter in your life. Uh, unless that's who you want to be. If you want to, you know, keep that persona of a soldier, uh, I know, you know, I, we all go to a lot of military conferences. Uh, you know, I just say shake that persona of the soldier and grow out of it. Uh, find a career that you enjoy doing. Don't live the work. Work to live. Enjoy the ride. And have fun at your job. Find another one, and embrace the idea of serving others. You know, you never know where the next opportunity or blessing is going to come from in your life as Amen. you're helping other folks. That is awesome, Eric. Hard to say it better than Dave just said it. For veterans, your veteran network is yours. Own it. Stay connected with your fellow veterans. Learn about opportunities. Learn about 
skills that you need, um, organizations you may want to work for, help that you can get as a veteran. You are not alone coming out of the service. Your veteran network is very, very powerful, so own it. And like Dave said, figure out a way that you can continue to volunteer and serve because it will pay off. Uh, you'll be more rewarded uh, from it than even the, the reward you give to others with, with your service. So, you know, continue to volunteer. And, Paul, uh, you're a very humble man. You're up to a lot of uh, good stuff and, and great leadership and making a lot of good things happen. So you deserve credit, and you've done great with AUSA. So uh, we'll, we'll keep it rolling. Thanks so much. Thank yeah, you, said, Paul, thank you very much for, uh, you know, bringing the board together uh, and uh, really getting us to perform optimally. And uh, really appreciate all you're doing for the community and for the AUSA. Thank you, guys. I, I really appreciate that. And it has been a true honor and a privilege to have both of you on the program. And I can't thank you enough for what you shared here today and especially your kind words the last couple minutes. Our pleasure. Thank you, Paul. Thanks, guys. All right. When we come come back from the break, we're going to reflect on the lessons of servant leadership that we've heard from today's guest. So stay with us. We'll be right back. If you're interested in connecting with Dr. Paul McCullough or interested in being featured on the show, contact Jacob Media Partners via LinkedIn. Now, back to Serving Our Nation. To Serving Our Nation on News Talk 1492.3 WOND. I'm your host, Reverend Dr. Paul McCullough, and as we close out today's show, let's just briefly think about all the things that we've heard from our incredible guests, Dave Gillespie and Eric Stetson. These two gentlemen are involved in so many different things and serve in so many different ways, but I just want to hit a couple of the highlights that these gentlemen talked about. You know, when you look at how you can serve in business, both gentlemen talked about this idea of leading by example. Don't ask somebody to do something if you're not willing to do it yourself. If you're not willing to get your hands dirty, get in the mud, get dirty, do what needs to be done, be in the trenches. Lead by example. Now listen, if you're the CEO of a company, I get it. You can't always do that, but you're not always engaged in a meeting or a business deal. You can take time to go down and work in the trenches with the people that make the company go. I would just encourage you to live that out. Lead by example in whatever you're asking people to do, especially when it comes to policies. If you make a policy, live out the policy yourself. And then when you think about serving in the community, there are so many different things that these gentlemen do in so many different ways that they serve in their community. But just to name a few, adopting a family, especially during Christmas time, serving the homeless, advocating for veterans. Now listen, you got to figure out what your passion is and what really makes you tick and what lights your heart on fire and then get after that. Not everybody is passionate about veterans, although I don't know why you wouldn't be. But even if that's not your thing, there are thousands of ways for you to serve in your community. So figure out what is really important to you and then get out and do something about it. Make a difference. Change lives. And then when you talk about 
serving through faith. How many times did both these guys talk about the things they do at their church, right? It's not just serving in their business. It's not just serving their community. They're engaged in their local church as well, changing lives, making a difference, bringing people to faith, talking about God, bringing people prayer books in New Testament, a thousand different ways that you can serve people at your church, people that might be brand new, know nothing about God. They walk in that church for the first time. You give them a warm greeting and you make them feel welcome. It could be that simple. And then when you think about serving in the military, my goodness, both these gentlemen talked about the very long legacy of military service in both of their families. And I'm proud, proud that I am third generation army and my father and my grandfather before me, we all joined the army at the age of 17, raised our right hand and committed to serving our country. And we all have the same name. And so that's something I will always carry with me. It's the legacy of military service in my family. And it's the same for these two men. And then finally, when you think about serving in your family, the greatest thing that you can do as an individual, especially if you're a father is to model leadership, model serving other people. If you're going to go out and you're going to do something in your community, take your kids with you. Show them what right looks like. Let them get their hands dirty so that when they grow up, they can say, well, hey, I remember doing this with my dad, and it was a great experience, so now they're going to do that with their kids, and so on and so on for generations. I would just encourage you to do that because it will make a world of difference when they grow up and become young men and women. And finally, you know, every week I talk to you about when you put good into the universe, good comes back to you. And I mentioned briefly in the conversation with Dave and Eric, you know, yesterday uh, as part of my church, I had an opportunity to go out and be part of a serve project with Kingsway Leadership School. Now I've had a few guests on the program from KLS over the past several months. And every quarter, we do a serve project. And so this particular one was on serving the homeless. And so we brought them blankets and clothes and food and Bibles, 300 Bibles that we brought to these people because they're veterans. And I'm able to do that, right? In my work with the American Bible Society, I'm able to help veterans and support veterans with Bibles. And the look on their face and their gratitude in their hearts because we treated them like human beings. You drive down the street and maybe you see a homeless person when you're stopped at a red light. And sometimes our instinctive behavior is to lock the doors, put the windows up, and to look away. But they're human beings. They're people that need help. Nobody says, hey, I'd like to be homeless. People become homeless because something really bad happens in their life. I would encourage you, be intentional about helping the homeless. Maybe you don't feel comfortable with giving them money, you know, and there could be a lot of different reasons for that, but it doesn't have to be giving them money. You could be more intentional and bring them blankets and clothes and food and Bibles, and you can do that with other people, and you can make a difference in lots of people's lives. Because when you do that, it will bless your heart, I promise you. All right, enough of that. Listen, next week, I am really, really happy to have two people from Kingsway Leadership School 
coming onto the program. These people are really important to me. So first is my friend and actually one of the students that I am presently mentoring, and that is Mr. Tim Brown. And I also have the unique privilege of having Tim's wife, Emery Brown, on the program, and she serves as a mentor in the program in a team that I run. So not only are they dedicated to serving each other as husband and wife, but they also serve in the local church and in their community. Really looking forward to that conversation next week. And if your marriage is on the rocks, this is an episode you don't want to miss because these people have figured out how to really love and care for each other. I want to remind you to sign up for Spotify and my Apple Podcast mailing list. And you can do that through my website at reverenddrpaul.com. That's R-E-V-D-R-Paul.com. And you can check out the show tab for previous episodes of this program. And you go about your week, no matter where you're at or what you're doing, always ask, how can I help? Thanks for listening and join us again next week. You've never failed.